Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Through Their Eyes podcast. This is a podcast where we get a chance to look at the world and the church through the eyes of those that are around us. And I'm your host, Michael Clark. I'm your host, Caleb Rutherford. And we're glad that you're with us for this episode of Dealing with the Unexpected. Now, we've been doing for this summer season a lot less content than we normally have. We normally have content every day of the week, but we like to give our hosts a break during the summer to kind of get ready for the fall season that comes up. And so we've been talking to ministers about different subjects, and we've had quite a lot of good content that we've recorded and that we're ready to promote and push out. And this is our second episode of the summer season. And so be looking out for each Tuesday and Thursday where our episodes drop and go live. And we have a lot of good material in store for you, some that is biblically based and some that's just for fun. And so we hope that you'll take the time to subscribe to our podcasts that are out here now. We've got two new that we've launched, the Through Their Eyes podcast and the did that really happen podcast as always you can find our social media links in the show notes the email address at the scattered abroad network at gmail.com you can find our website at scatteredabroad.org and you can help us out greatly by leaving a rating and a review if you do that that will boost up our content to try to get to more people and help us try to preach the gospel to the whole world Today we have with us Brother Steve Higginbotham, and Steve Higginbotham is the minister at the Carnes Church of Christ in Knoxville, Tennessee. Brother Steve, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? All right, well, uh, first of all, thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you all. Um, yeah, I uh, went to Freed Hardman. I'm a native of West Virginia, went to Freed Hardman, and uh, graduated from there in 1984 and was, has been, I've been preaching since then. So that's, uh, what, 37 years. Um, and, uh, when I first graduated, we went back to West Virginia. I met my wife, Kim at Freed Hardeman, and, uh, we started working in West Virginia and, uh, worked there for five years, moved to Glasgow, Kentucky and worked there for 21 years. And uh, for the last 11 years, we've been here in Knoxville with uh, the Carnes, Carnes Congregation. And um, so it's been a, it's been a really good uh, work here and, well, elsewhere as well. And uh, we've enjoyed um, uh, teaching in the school uh, of preaching here and uh, helping young men uh, who are dedicating their lives to, to preaching. That's been a really... Uh, fun part, uh, busy part of, uh, the work here. Um, last year, uh, I was having some, um, pains in my side and I went to the doctor and, uh, thought maybe I had a kidney stone or something, but ended up, um, uh, the doctor called back and, and informed me that I was stage four, uh, cancer uh, with, uh, melanoma being the, the type of cancer. And so that's what we're here, I guess, to talk about today. Yes, sir. No, obviously, um, we're grateful that you're, that you're with us. Um, I know that you have, uh, played a big role in a lot of people's lives, um, and the preaching that you've done over the years and obviously with the school there. Um, so we're certainly appreciative of the work that you do for the Lord and his kingdom. Um, and I know, I know, you know, my grandparents, Rod and Brenda, um, they they speak very highly of they speak very highly of you, so I, I know that you, you're do, certainly doing a great work. But, yeah, as we kind of jump into our questions, you know, just I guess if you want to maybe just kind of walk us through just kind of maybe a timeline uh, of some of the events that have happened over the last year or so and kind of 
I guess maybe up to where you are now with, with your situation and everything that's going on uh, yeah. with your life. Okay. Well, uh, like I said, last year I was having some uh, pain in my side and uh, it was just annoying. It wasn't anything sharp or, and uh, I, I went to the doctor and was told that uh, I had uh, melanoma and it had spread through various organs in my, bo- my body. Um, through my wife's persistence and uh, hard work, we were able to get uh, into MD Anderson. Um, we were told that they weren't taking new patients because of COVID, mm-hmm. but um, she was able to uh, get us an appointment with a physician down there who's a melanoma specialist. That's what he does. And um, we've been taking immunotherapy or I've been taking immunotherapy since uh, August or maybe the first of September. And thus far, um, I've been reacting very well to it. Um, Chemotherapy does not work well with this kind of cancer. I think it was like a 3% survival rate. And um, immunotherapy is relatively new and uh, they don't have long-term, you know, uh, statistics because it's so new, but um, every place, the scans that I've had so far, I've had some uh, twice in December and in uh, maybe February or March. And um, those scans showed that all the places where the cancer is, it has shrunk and in some places it's disappeared. So the, the doctor there was very, he, he's very encouraged. Uh, he said something last time that uh, it looks like I'll have a long-term outcome from this. Um, so, you know, that's all good. Um, hopefully things will continue. We go back uh, to MD Anderson in um, June. When we first started treatments, we were flying down there every three weeks, and wow. uh, that was quite exhausting. Sure. But they were able to get things scheduled here in Knoxville to where I can get my treatments here and then just go down there for uh, my scans. And so that's what we've been doing for the last few months. But that's, uh, that kind of brings us up to speed. I, I fell really like off the table. I was, I got sick really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I feel relatively normal at this point. Good. That's definitely good. And I know, uh, I know your relationship to my father-in-law, Mark is a strong one and, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry for that, but, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I know that when, when we first found out, I, I had the privilege because of your relationship with him of kind of hearing before it was publicly announced. And I just remember talking to my wife about it and thinking, I just can't imagine, you know, dealing with the news uh, th- that he's been given. And, you know, it it never really happens to the people we expect, does it? Cancer doesn't, you know, go to people yeah. we think would get it. And so uh, it's obviously a shock to find out you're diagnosed with something like that, especially mm-hmm. we know stage four is, is a very serious form. Uh, what did that do to you mentally? Well, you know, uh, about three years prior to this, I had a place, uh, a, a melanoma on the bottom of my foot, uh, under my toe. Uh, there are certain kinds of melanoma that are not due to sun exposure or anything like that. And that, that's what I had. 
uh, I was fortunate to find it. And um, I, I had it uh, surgically removed and had to have a skin graft and go through a surgery there. They had uh, checked uh, lymph nodes after that surgery and everything was clean. And so they thought that it was contained. It was like a stage one um, but apparently it had, uh, you know, spread. And so from that time, three years earlier, I was basically waking up every day wondering, is this the day, you sure. know? Yeah. So I was kind of mentally prepared to some extent. Um, when, when the doctor called and said, uh, you know, here's what you're dealing with. Um, so it, it was just kind of, it wasn't as shocking to me and earth shattering because I'd already been thinking about it, you know, and preparing myself mentally for that for the last uh, three years. Wow. That's, um, it's incredible. The, uh, just to be able to push through something like that. And, you know, we were able to see, um, through a lot of Facebook posts and everything, it's kind of, we were able to kind of keep up, um, I guess with kind of your journey and your story, um, as, as time has progressed, you know, how were you able to, to move on, um, with just, you know, your everyday life, obviously your life changed. I'm, I'm sure in many ways that, um, in ways that we probably couldn't even imagine. Um, yet you, you seem so positive and you seem to still stay so upbeat. And I'm sure at times, I mean, you, uh, you weren't with, with things like that going on, but how were you able to stay so positive and so upbeat and keep moving on? even, even going through a situation like this? Well, I am a big believer in providence and I believe that God is very much active in the affairs of men. And, um, I understand from scripture that people have gone through some really tough things and it was orchestrated by God and uh, for his purpose and for his glory. Sure. And so I've tried to put it into that perspective. I can remember back like in Exodus chapter 14 and verse 13, uh, God led the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage, but he didn't deliver them immediately. He, he backed them up against the Red Sea sure. where there was nowhere to flee. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened once again and came after them. And I can imagine being an Israelite. You don't have weapons. You're not an army. You're, you're, you've got your family and your children with you. And to see that dust kicking up in the distance of that approaching army, that had to have been a terrifying, uncomfortable position to have been in. No doubt. But in Exodus chapter 14 and verse, uh, verses 1 through 3, God said he did it for the purpose of bringing himself glory. Um, so they went through a very difficult time, but it resulted in the glory of God. Um, and, and so I've tried to view it in that way that maybe, maybe God has chosen me uh, to be and to go through a very difficult situation. Um, and so I want to do that in a way that brings uh, him glory. Uh, I, I think too of, um, Exodus 34, you know, a passage that we often overlook when it comes to providence. But, um, you know, three times a year, the, the men of Israel were to go to Jerusalem. And, um, man, the, the people of um, the promised land did not want Israel around. I mean, they, they would have taken any measure 
to have destroyed them if they could. And they tried often. What a perfect time to attack Israel when all the men are leaving their villages and going to Jerusalem. I mean, they were as vulnerable as anybody could have been. But God promised in Exodus 34 and verse 24, he said, you obey me and you go to Jerusalem these three times a year and observe these feasts. And I will promise you that your enemies will not desire your land during that time. And they never did. Never once in scripture can you turn to a passage to see that Israel was attacked while the men were gone. Um, it's part of God's providence, you know, so he has his hands in uh, things in life. And that's, that's kind of the way I've tried to take this is what well, we all want to have a life of ease and comfort and live to a long age and just die quietly in our sleep, you know, at the age of 98 or something like that. <laughs> right. uh, but that's not the storyline for most people. Sure. And while I may want to live a long time and have that kind of a thing, it may be better and I may be a better servant through suffering. And um, I I may be able to reach more people and get more people's attention uh, because they know the the background and and the storyline. And so that's how I try to, to view this. Um, It's, uh, you know, just uh, trusting in God's providence that he knows and he's aware of the situation and uh, he hasn't steered me wrong, so we're going to make the best of this journey, uh, whatever it may be. I know it can be, it can be difficult because of the way the world views suffering, and the, the world views suffering as a kind of a litmus test to say that God is not real. And yet, yeah. when we study the Bible, like you mentioned in the New Testament, especially, I know nobody suffered more than Jesus because he didn't deserve what he got. And yet Paul, when he became a Christian, when he left what he was doing to do what was right, he met some of the most intense suffering of any of the apostles that we have recorded in Scripture because he details that in Second Corinthians chapter 11, and he talks about all of the things that he was on. Uh, three times he was shipwrecked, and somebody made the point once that if they got on an airplane and it crashed, they'd get on that same airline another time, but if it crashed a second time, they're probably not getting on it a third. <laughs> and yet Paul had to get continue to get on these ships because that was the main method of travel. And to think about all of the times that he was being beaten and tortured and suffering, and he didn't do anything wrong other than be a Christian. And yet we're also told that he had this thorn in the flesh that was there by Satan to, to buffet him and to try to get him to want to leave the Lord, and many speculations have been made about what that thorn in the flesh is or was, but we don't know. The Bible never really tells us, but we know that Paul suffered greatly, and so many people, like I mentioned, look at that and say, suffering proves that God does not exist. So how do we deal with those in the world that champion suffering as the proof that there is no God? Because if the, the, the statement years ago is, if God was real, suffering would not be real. Suffering is real, therefore God does not exist. That's the, the kind of the hypothesis that people have put forth. And they would tell you, especially with all that you've suffered, uh, this would be the time for you to admit that God's not real. So how do we answer that? Yeah, well, I think that while suffering and pain is unpleasant, it doesn't mean it's unprofitable. 
That's right. And uh, there's a lot of, well, listen, if it wasn't for suffering, I'd be dead right now. Mm. Uh, if it wasn't sure. for pain, I would never have gone to the doctor and this would have spread more and, and I would have died. Um, and, and I always, when I hear this argument, I think of the psalmist in Psalm 119, uh, verse 71, David saying, it was good for me that I have been afflicted. And uh, because of that, he turned to the testimony of God. Uh, sometimes uh, we get so caught up in this world and all that it has to offer, we forget about what this world is about. Uh, as Brother Warren used to say, this is a, a veil of soul making. And our time here on earth is temporary, and it is a place where we um, prepare ourselves for heaven. Sure. And pain and hardship and difficulty uh, is refining, um, and it helps to prepare us for what life is really about. And so um, I, there, there was a guy by the name of A.W. Tozer. I don't know if you've ever read after him or not, but um, years ago he wrote um, a little thing about the hammer and the nail. And he said to the nail, uh, the hammer is a relentless opponent. All it does is beat its head day in, day out. That's all that it is. is. It's a relentless opponent. But if the nail could see that the hammer is held by the master carpenter um, and that what it's doing has purpose and is putting together a, a beautiful structure, then it can accept those blows understanding that it's part of purpose and it's not uh, indiscriminate and, and useless. And, and I think in that way, when we suffer, if we can understand that our suffering is <clears throat> not just indiscriminate, but that God is orchestrating things in our life, refining us, um, giving us opportunity to, to wake other people up and to look up rather than, you know, out. Um, it has purpose. And so while, you know, suffering and pain and all those things are unpleasant, um, I would not say they're unprofitable. And uh, I think that's where the world misses it. They, they see pain as evil, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think that there's a basis to say that it's evil. It's unpleasant, but it, it's not an evil. Yeah, C.S. Lewis wrote a book called The Problem of Pain. And I love yes. one of the quotes that he put in that book on the divine omnipotence. And he says, omnipotence means power to do all or everything. And we're told in Scripture that with God all things are possible. It is common enough in argument with an unbeliever to be told that God, if he existed and were good, would do this or that. And then if we point out that the proposed action is impossible, we'd be met with a retort, but I thought God was supposed to be able to do anything. And this raises the whole question of impossibility. In ordinary usage, the word impossible generally implies a suppressed clause beginning with the word unless. Thus, it is impossible, he wrote, to say, I can't see the street from where I sit riding at this moment. Well, that is, it is impossible to see the street unless I go up to the top floor where I shall be high enough to overlook the intervening building. 
If I had broken my leg, I should say, but it is impossible to go up to the top floor, meaning, however, that it is impossible unless some friends turn up who will carry me. Now let us advance to a different plane of impossibility by saying, it is at any rate impossible to see the street so long as I remain where I am and the intervening building remains where it is. And he finishes up this thought by saying, if you choose to say, God can give a creature free will and at the same time withhold free will from it, you have not succeeded in saying anything about God. Meaningless combinations of words do not suddenly acquire meaning simply because we prefix them or prefix them with the two words, God can. It remains true that all things are possible with God. The intrinsic impossibilities are not things, but non-entities. It is no more possible for God than for the weakest of his creatures to carry out both of two mutually exclusive alternatives, not because his power meets an obstacle, but because nonsense remains nonsense even when we talk it, it about God. And what a, what a beautiful quote that is to try to showcase to people that basically the, the mentality there is, don't blame God for things that the devil's doing to us. And make sure we yeah. put God in the proper place, that it's not that God doesn't care about us and that he wants us to suffer, because God, God's witnessed so many things of suffering throughout the history of the world that I, I know he doesn't want them to be the case. But I think we, we should probably touch yeah. on this, Brother Steve, before I throw it back to Caleb. Suffering is a symptom of sin, even even if it's not sin that we have specifically committed that has caused something like cancer, but the only reason something like cancer and death even exist is because of suffering. So could you touch on that for a little bit as well? Yeah, I would say that suffering was brought into this world by sin and Satan's part in that. And so, um, you know, it's not God that has the divine origin of, of suffering. Um, but now that it's here because of Satan's work, I think God uses suffering to to bring about his glory uh, in the midst of um, Satan's work. And it, it's just, it's kind of like, you know, when somebody means something for evil and you turn it around and use it for good, right? Uh, you show your power over it. And I think that that's what God does through suffering. Uh, this is, this has its origin in Satan and, and his lies, but God can even take that that is so heart, hurtful and harmful and, and turn it to his good and his glory. Uh, I think of, um, you know, perspective has everything to do with how you view suffering too. And I can't help but think back to second Kings chapter 22, Josiah was a good king and he didn't have a whole lot of uh, predecessors who were like that, but he took it upon himself to br bring reforms in Judah. And um, he was, he was a good man. And so God wanted to reward him. And in second Kings chapter 22, we're told how God chose to reward Josiah. And the, can you imagine God saying, because you're so faithful and because you have loved me and served me so well, I'm going to do something for you. And you'd be going, wow, what is this? I mean, God <laughs> is going to do something for me. What is it, Lord? And you know what God's answer was? You're going to die young and you're going to be killed by an archer's uh, arrow. A painful death mm. in his youth was God's gift to him. 
he didn't want him to have to see all the things that were going to come down the road and how Judah was going to be punished and so forth. And, and that tells me that I don't view life always like God views life. Um, we cling to every breath here as if it's the only thing that matters. And from God's perspective, there's a whole lot more than that. Life and death uh, is not nearly as important to God as it is to us. Sure. Heaven, eternity is how God measures things. And things like death are not viewed by God as an evil, but as a release and, and a gift that he's actually able to give his children. No doubt. You know, one of the things you mentioned a moment ago, Steve, um, was you talk about pain and suffering, it doesn't discriminate because every single person in this life has gone through some kind of pain or suffering, some more than others and some less than others. But I think about, think back to the Old Testament and I think about Job. Job, obviously a man who suffered so many things. And I think it's interesting that he said in chapter 14 and verse one, he said, man who is born of woman is a full day, is a few days in what? full of trouble. And so certainly Job was a man who knew what suffering was like and who knew what pain was like, yet who also knew firsthand the faithfulness of Almighty God as well, who saw him through everything that was going on and who was blessed and rewarded in the end because of his faithfulness uh, to God in the end. You know, when you look at someone, Steve, in this life who is maybe going through or experiencing maybe some of the same things that you are, or maybe some of the, just the, the, the trials and the waves and the seasons of life, the unexpected problems, the, the, just the issues in life that life constantly throws at us day by day. What do you say to them? What's some advice that you give to them? Having been someone who firsthand has gone through uh, something completely unexpected that you probably thought you'd never have to go through in your life. What do you say to them in a situation like that? Well, you know, I, I um, am always trying to find illustrations uh, to help, um, you know, illustrate God's truths, spiritual truths. And I use Flipboard a lot on my phone. I don't know if you do. I I customize that to things that I'm interested in. Sure. And every morning I just kind of flip through the headlines and and I was doing that a while back. And I ran across a headline that was talking about Kintsugi and, and I didn't know what Kintsugi was, Mm -hmm. but Kintsugi is a Japanese art uh, form. Um, you know, if they had dropped a piece of pottery and it shattered into several shards, um, they would take this real sticky sap from a tree and grind up uh, gold into a powder and they would mix that together. And then they would use that to glue the pieces back together in that pottery. And when they finished, they realized that the crack line with that gold, uh, you know, residue made the bowl even more beautiful than it was before it was ever broken. And uh, so then they actually started breaking pottery on purpose, you know, (laughs) to repair it and make it look in this beautiful form. And here's what I would say. I say all that to say this, view your suffering as a ministry to God. Um, View it as a vehicle to draw attention Um, Well, Matthew 5, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. Um, Realize that because you have been broken, 
Um, you don't have to stay shattered pieces of pottery on the floor. Uh, you can mend your life and be more useful and productive than you ever were before. I think by going through some of the things that I've gone through in the past year, I have a, a greater voice, a greater empathy for those who have suffered before. I have people listening to me out of curiosity um, to see how I'm going to handle things. And uh, there, there are things that uh, I could never have done before that I can do now. I, I can empathize with people who have gone through cancer and therapy and, and uh, those type of things. And so what I'm doing is, man, I hate what I'm going through. It's been painful. It's been hard on my family. And, um, but be that as it may, I realize that I can be used in God's service in this capacity. And I wouldn't choose it for myself, but uh, I can bear up under it and do what I can in ministry. Um, Second Corinthians chapter one uh, verses three through four says that God is a God of all comfort. And he said, and the comfort that we have received from him, we should then share with others. And uh, this enables me to comfort people that I could not have comforted um, before. Uh, there's when I first started, uh, when I got the news of my situation, <clears throat> there was a, a Christian lady here at Carnes, a relatively new Christian, but she has been through chemotherapy and she has lost her husband through a tragic a- accident and um, been through a lot of suffering. And uh, immediately she reached out to my wife and to me and provided things that we needed that we didn't even know we needed yet, but it was coming down, you know, we were going to learn, Oh, wow. I'm so thankful she did that because, you know, she just knew because she had traveled this road before. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, she was able to minister to us and help us tremendously um, when uh, she wouldn't have been able to, had she not gone through what she's gone through. And so I'm, I'm trying to view it in that way as well for myself. I, I can experience some things and be more compassionate than what I used to be and all those type things. And, and that's what I would encourage others to do is to view this as a road that, um, you know, in God's providence, you've been called to travel and uh, don't give up on God. Uh, use it to his glory, and um, you may be able to reach far more people in your brokenness mm-hmm. than in your good health. Sure. Yeah, it's it's been impressive. Um, you know, the infirmities that we face are all different. You know, it. Uh, I've got a very minor illness compared to what you've gone through, but like like was said by you, the illness that I have, the doors that have been opened up to finding people that I didn't even know had it. Uh, one of the members of my congregation has Crohn's disease, just like I do, and I got to visit him in the hospital, and we bonded over that. And it was something that I would not have been able to bond with him over were it not for the fact that I went through the same thing. And so that empathy that you can provide and, and the, the sympathy that we feel, it's hard to empathize if you haven't gone through it. And so 
right. for your situation being as severe as it has been. Uh, I, I'm sure you've probably been told by people uh, that they know what you're dealing with, and maybe they meant well, but they really didn't know what you're dealing with. <laughs> And uh, we we hear that all the time, Mm -hmm. but I know that the intention of that is good. But ultimately, like you mentioned, our purpose here on this earth is not to stay here on this earth. You know, we would love to be here forever uh, because we we do become very attached to our lives. But we have to always remember, like Paul said, to go be with God is so much better Mm -hmm. than anything else that we could have in this life. And everything else in this life is, is fleeting and fading, but God is eternal and there's no cancer in heaven. There's no issues of those types of things. And so to serve God now means that the suffering that we experience, there's a purpose behind it. There's a, there's a way to come through the other side of it. And I think of the hopelessness that is felt by people who suffer and don't know God, because to them, they don't know why they're going through what they're going through. And to think about the, the people in the world that say there is no God and that suffering is just there because the world is an awful place, I can't imagine how miserable their lives must feel that they don't have a support system like that. And what you mentioned a few minutes ago with, with that sister that helps you out with things that you and, and your wife didn't even know you'd need, that's the church coming to play. That's the, the idea of a church family lifting you up and edifying you and, and taking care of you in ways that you had no idea you would even need them. And that's a blessing that we have because of God. And so all of these things that we have, you know, definitely it doesn't make the pain that you feel any easier, but it makes the dealing with that pain a little bit easier, knowing that you have a God that is protecting you and taking care of you and, and keeping you. So, uh, Steve, do you have anything else in, in this podcast that you'd like to give as a, a final charge? Well, you know, I, I just think a lot of it comes down to trusting God and the greater your trust is the easier your, your situation is in life. And I don't know where I first heard this. I heard it probably 20 years ago or so, but you know, the illustration that maybe I'm sure you've heard as well, but um, it's kind of an uh, imaginative thing, but uh, as, as the story goes, um, God once spoke to an infant in a, in his mother's womb and said, uh, you're going to be born today. Mm-hmm. And the infant says, born? What, what's that? I've, I've never done that before. And <laughs> he said, well, you're going to leave where you are, and you're going to go to a new realm. And he said, but I don't want to go to a new realm. I, I like it where I am, and I'm comfortable. And he said, yeah, but in this new realm, there's going to be lights, and there's going to be flowers, and you're going to be able to see your father face to face. You know, it's going to be great. And he said, I don't know what lights and flowers are. I like it where I am. And he said, well, you don't have a choice. Mm. And the infant said, well, is it going to hurt? And he, because God's honest, he said, well, it might hurt a little, but um, you'll soon be in your father's arms. And uh, so the baby was born and life was great. And uh, God, a voice came to him again when he was 90 years old and said, today you're going to die. Mm. And he said, die? I don't want to die. And he said, it'll be all right. I mean, you're going to be in heaven. You're going to be with the angels. You're going to be be able to see your father face to face. And he said, well, I don't know what angels and cherubim and seraphim and all those things. I don't know what that's about. I'm comfortable right where I am. 
And God said, but you don't have a choice. And he asked again, is it going to hurt? And God, because he's honest, said, well, maybe a little, but you'll soon be in your father's arms. And, And so the man dies, and we know how that outcome would be. Um, it's a matter of faith in God. Do you trust him with your life? Um, it's going to be fine. And, uh, everybody, whether it's when you're 40 or 20 or, you know, a hundred, you're going to pass through that, uh, phase of that transition. And, uh, we just need to learn to trust God that, he's going to take care of us and he hasn't failed us and uh, he's not going to fail us. And then that can be hard, but like you said, having, having that support support system and knowing that we all only get to experience birth and death once from a physical standpoint. And so right. to understand that while it may seem scary to know where we're going should be a great comfort right. and to know what God has done for us should be a great comfort and as we go through life, those of you that might be listening, maybe you're struggling with something as well, and you're dealing with difficulties. I do know that uh, there are many people in this world that have dealt with suffering, and there are many people in the world like Brother Steve and uh, many others that would be more than willing to talk with you and, and to discuss these things with you and to try to help us get through what's going on in life as we struggle and we strive to serve the the Father that's in heaven because the devil wants nothing more than to try to convince us that because they're suffering, there can be no loving father up above, and he's convinced many people of that, and unfortunately, those people are not following him, and we have to do what we can to try to reach those individuals as well as those outside of the church, that God is a faithful and just God. He's a loving God, and he is with us every step of the way, whether we realize it or not. Uh, Caleb, do you have anything that you'd like to close out with before we give our final outro? No, I appreciate Steve so very much uh, for coming on the podcast and taking some time uh, out of your day to do this and to share your story. And um, I I hope that it helps someone out there because like we talked about before, I know everybody goes through struggles. We know everybody goes through suffering. And a lot of times people are going through things that they've just never talked about with anybody and nobody else knows that they are. And I hope that this helps you see that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and as Christians, there will always be that light at the end of the tunnel, regardless of what we go through in this life. Um, simply because we are Christians and we get that hope of heaven. Um, and maybe if you're listening and you're not a Christian and you don't have that hope, then I hope that maybe you'd reach out and talk to us. And we would certainly be more than willing to talk about salvation and the Bible and any biblical matter that you have questions over. But we certainly appreciate Steve. Um, we, uh, everyone here at the network is praying for you. And we hope and pray God's richest blessings upon you and your family as you continue to endure uh, this season of life. Yeah, thank you very much. I've enjoyed being with you all. Well, we certainly enjoyed having you as a part of the podcast. I'd like to echo that sentiment as well from Caleb. And we are thankful to you, our listeners, for taking some time to sit down with us. And uh, we know this is kind of a, a somewhat of a somber episode, but I can say this to kind of leave us on a good note. If you want to know something else about Steve, Steve has some of the most crazy and hilarious stories that I have ever been privileged to hear, and he's going to tell us some of those, as well as I'd love for you to, when we get to that podcast, to plug your book that you wrote uh, on some of these stories that have happened to you over the years, because uh, I I said this before, and I'm going to say it again in the the podcast we're going to do called Did That Really Happen? 
I used to think that my dad was making this stuff up when he would say something like this happened to him. And then I met people like Steve and others who genuinely have crazy circumstances come their way. And so if you want to laugh, you can tune back in this Thursday (laughs) and listen to Brother Steve as he tells us about some of the things that have happened in his life that are funny and and just kind of uh, comical in their nature. And so that's going to be this upcoming Thursday. Don't forget, you can find all of our information in our show notes as well as our email address, and that's the scatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. If you have a question or a podcast suggestion maybe you want something covered that needs to be done or maybe you know somebody that has some crazy stories and you'd like to see them do it did that really happen with us let us know give us those emails so that we can kind of look through them and try to continue to give content that would be beneficial to you as well as leaving us those ratings and reviews we want people to hear what steve had to say today not because Steve is so great, but because the gospel's so great, and Steve is a minister of that gospel, and we know that there are many people in this world that would benefit by hearing what we discussed from the suffering side of things. So, as always, we want to thank you, and may God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.